1: tuning in tonight yeah the orders playing the capitals tomorrow caps trailing the penguins 3-2 Halfway through the second period, Penguins out shooting the Capitals 28-12 so far in that game. Jets and the Flyers are 1-1 with five minutes left in the second period. Senators and Islanders are 1-1 early in period two. The Canucks have jumped out to a 1-0 lead on the Predators. Highmore gets his second of the season. Flames and Stars are going to drop the puck in uh, just a few minutes. Panthers and Rangers 2-2 late in the second period. Toronto all over New Jersey up 5-0. With five minutes left in the second period, Bunting has the most recent goal in that game. Lightning leading the Sharks 2-1. Bruins up 2-0 on Seattle. Both those games in the second period as well. Coyotes and Avalanche a little bit later on, as are the Sabres and the Golden Knights. The Oilers game tomorrow. It's an early one, 3.30 of the afternoon for the face-off show. The game will start at 5.00. Cam Moon and Bob Stoffer here on the uh, radio. And we had Jack Michaels checking in from Toronto. He's going to call the game off the monitors from uh, Rogers Center. Pretty interesting opportunity there for Jack, who I-, I consider the most famous person ever from Pennsylvania. So during the break, I, I use the internet, which I use occasionally. And I'm not going to say I use it a lot, but I-, I sort of dabble with the internet a little bit. And I just put into the uh, Google machine, most famous people from Pennsylvania and uh it it so i went to this i clicked on this website ranker.com mm-hmm. uh so kellen kennedy did you know who the most the, the most famous person from pennsylvania would arguably re- be right now one of the most famous entertainers in the entire world oh who do you think that would be okay um female female all right uh lady gaga Taylor Swift. Oh, wow. Okay. Did not know uh, that. I thought two. she was from Tennessee, but there we go. Well, it, it says she was born in Pennsylvania. So I don't, I, I don't, you can't trust a lot of the stuff on the web. Kobe Bryant from Philly. Mm-hmm. And now I did not know, and I don't know how Jack didn't bring this up. So maybe there's a discrepancy here with where people were born and where they grew up. Because here's the thing. Uh, I, oh, Joe. Oh, Jack just texted me confirming Sharon Stone. The famous actress Basic Instinct mm-hmm. is from Meadville. That is Jack's hometown. Cool, amazing. They have. Uh, I'm not going to do the entire list. I'll quickly do the top ten. If most, the top ten most famous people from Pennsylvania. Tina Fey they have fourth. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Grace Kelly fifth. Okay. Uh, Chris Matthews, you know the guy from Hardball right okay yeah yeah he's sixth. Seth Green another funny man very funny oh a guy who uh I I I would say this guy's one of my favorite uh, comedians of all time I think he's the best weekend update host in SNL history Dennis Miller oh yes Yep. uh Noam Chomsky the uh, linguist and the philosopher is is ninth, 93 okay. years of age. Now, you're going to have to help me here with the number 10. Kate Goslin is 10th. I don't know who that is. Is that Mario Goslin's daughter, the <laughs> former Nordiques goaltender? <laughs> no, uh, it's, but it's great reference. I just got visions of Mario Goslin going head
0: over heels during a game on those old uh, Molestar hockey tapes back in the day. <laughs> uh, but no, Kate Goslin is a Hollywood actress. She's been in uh, a few films. I have to do a Google to see exactly. It, say, it but, says
1: she uh, was on a reality show called John and Kate. Plus eight. Is that the one where they had eight? Oh, kids or okay. Like yeah, that? sorry. I've, i you know what?
0: I got mixed up with Kate Winslet. Obviously, way different. Uh, yeah. So yes, there we yeah. go. So that was a TLC. <laughs> I,
1: think, I don't think Kate Winslet is <laughs> yeah. from Pennsylvania. Yeah. But sure no, this was
0: one of those, uh, you know, uh, uh, reality show things that was on, you know, okay. from different American networks and stuff Which, like uh, that. So that that's, be. that's yeah.
1: another thing I, I, I don't watch. So th- there we go. And Jack just confirmed over text. Yes. Sharon Stone from so that this is the create now I feel silly saying Jack's the most famous person from Pennsylvania. He's not even the most famous person from his hometown. <laughs> if Jared Stone is from Meadville So Anyway, uh, maybe we'll pick another state or a province. That could be another thing we do. Most famous people from and we'll do a state, a province, a region in Europe. We could do Transylvania for example. Like there have to be more people from Transylvania other than Dracula that are famous. That could be another ongoing thing we do here on Inside Sports. Hey, hope you're having a great evening. Proud to be coming to you from my basement. Inside Sports on 630 Shed. You can get in touch, 780-496-0063. We are going to welcome to the show, as we do every week, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. He's powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing really well, Reed. Uh, trying to stay warm at, uh, I'm sure, Edmonton, like uh, here in Calgary. We got a bit of a winter blast last night and still lingering today here in Calgary.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting on uh, overtime open line last night, we had a gentleman call in from the high-level area, and uh, he was out working with his horses since he was listening to the show, and I think it was oh. uh, minus 25, minus 27 at the time. So, yeah, it's oh, it's hit us yeah. again for sure. But this,
0: yeah, I, yeah, I, uh, I'm in my truck right now, and it's minus
1: 17, so pretty chilly. But this is the weather you used to play outdoor hockey in all the time, anyway, when you were a kid here. This is nothing. One hundred percent. I think
0: it was. I can't remember, but I think we've discussed this. I think it was minus 20 when they. They didn't want you going back to the outdoor ring. So this was this was right in my
1: wheelhouse back in the day, Reed. Yeah, this was the comfort <laughs> zone, for sure. Right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to have you checking in tonight. And uh, the Oilers have hit the halfway point of the season with an overtime loss last night to the Ottawa Senators. Look, we talked about Koskinen a few days ago. Good bounce back for him over the yeah. last uh, you know four or five games now. Uh, but it always it always comes up whether it's Koskinen or other goaltenders that short side shot over the shoulders, and sometimes it's been from a sharper angle on Koskinen or other goaltenders. And Rob and I talked yeah. about it last night. We got calls. Why isn't he standing up? Why isn't he out more on the shooter? Uh, and you and I talk about this once or twice a season. So I guess this this is the night. What's going on on those plays?
0: Okay. So yeah. I first, first of all, I want to clarify so I don't sound like an, an old guy that played the position 25 years ago, which is accurate. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to say that the way the the guys play today, it's so looks so much. Uh, more fun, more efficient. It makes total sense to me. Their equipment protects them, so they have the ability to go down sooner and more often than we did. Uh, we were, in large part, about stopping the puck and protecting ourselves because our equipment up top especially wasn't great. So if you took one off the collarbone, that was always a possibility. Anyways, now let's talk about current goaltenders. In, in a lot of cases, I love what they do and whether they're going to play the VH reverse vh and this case last night costan goes into the reverse vh which which is the more popular and one uh, what the move i would most likely choose also but then it gets into in my opinion how you have to read the play and read the situation and not just do, and this is generalized. Please believe I'm not talking just about Koskinen and that goal. It's every goal that's similar that's been scored like this for the last eight years or 10 years. And I'm on record saying it's an epidemic. So the players have never been more accurate. We know that. That's a given. So if you're going to give them that high short side all the time, they're going to score a lot. You know and so yeah your your uh callers that asked about why is he so deep originally i would say because when the play first developed i can't remember who the forward with was with uh, Stutzla on that goal but the original forward went right to the net so that's a proper play by Koskinen now the forward though he didn't stop he he veered off and so now there's no rebound problem as long as the defenseman or the players on the others take Stutzlow away from that uh, so it's basically just a shot and this is where it kind of gets in, in uh, maybe a little bit more exciting some goalie coaches now are recommending that it's up to you you decide you're reading the play you're the guy in that situation maybe you can stay on your feet a little bit longer maybe maybe he would have still gone down in that same position, but the appearance would have been early on that there's no net. And then Stutzla might have chosen a different uh, option. So uh, I know now it's different, but I, I remember listening to Jeff Merrick on his radio show a couple of days ago, and this was really cool. So Steve Vallecat, the former goaltender, who's really brilliant in breaking down plays, he was talking about big goaltenders like Koskinen And he's talking about Saros in Nashville, who's having a wonderful year. He goes, who would you rather have playing that same and a similar shot to this? Who'd you rather have a guy that's six foot seven that automatically drops to his knees or a guy that's five eleven and stays on his feet? Well, the natural answer would be, well, the guy that's 5'11 and takes away the high short side. And now everything's situational, so it it wouldn't be the same on every single play, but I don't understand why they give up free goals, and I call them free because it's way too easy for these accurate shooters in today's game. I don't understand why that has been the norm for a while. Now, a guy like Mark andre Fleury, he's also added into his uh, repertoire, staying on his feet a little bit longer. I've noticed other player, other goaltenders have started to do that, uh, whereas there's just automatic 10, 12, 15 years ago, you, your go-to is just drop to your knees and then you know play from from your knees, where I find it kind of exciting. We're seeing a little bit more where it's not traditional stand-up like Bernie Perrant and Jacques Poin, uh 40 years ago but it's it's a it's a modified version of it and i think it's fantastic
1: kelly excellent explanation i i love how you put that um and i mean soros is awesome first of all and you're right he's a yes. uh, he's a bit of a trend breaker with modern goalies because he's not six three six four or taller mm.
0: 100 percent i've been saying this for 10 or 15 years also that's lazy scouting for me and and this is this has been commonplace uh when i retired it was the number was we don't even look at a goalie unless he's six foot two or taller then that number went up to six foot four or taller well that's lazy i mean you look at some of well tim thomas never would have played He's not, he's 5'11 or 6 feet. Saros, there's many examples of guys that have had uh, Halak. Look at the success Halak has had. I believe he's listed at 5'11. There are guys out there that can play, and they're just talented. Uh, that's why I'm really rooting for Dustin Wolf. I'm not sure if you're aware of who he is, mm-hmm. but he, he, he ripped up the Western Hockey League recently. He's having an unbelievable season in Stockton, and if I'm not mistaken, he's also listed as 5'11". And so, uh, I just think that it's it's changing how teams scout again. Just pick a great athlete, pick a great uh, goalie, or pick a great forward. Look how the forwards have changed. I'm going on a long-winded answer, but you know, in my time, you probably would never have seen a guy like uh, Tyler Ennis or Johnny Gaudreau or that size really high skilled player because they, they thought you needed to be big and burly well that's gone by the wayside i'm you know prior to the pandemic like yourself we're around these guys we see them they're extremely slight now and uh some of the guys are still big but for the most part these are really slight guys and just skilled and so i i love when you have to adapt to the times
1: yeah awesome answer. Yeah, awesome answer, Kelly. Yeah, thanks for diving into that for sure. And uh, yeah, where there's goaltending, going to continue to be a discussion here in the second half of the season, as will yeah. the, the makeup of the forwards, which have changed, which have changed with Evander Kane in the lineup. Uh, and yesterday they shuffled around the top nine in the third period, and it was asked, uh, actually Cassian and Fogle that that got demoted against Ottawa. But I, I'm just curious. I, I know it's only two games, and certainly they yeah. played a Montreal team that is really having a tough go. But what did you right. see from Kane, and and how do you think that changes the shape of things for the Oilers?
0: Well, first of all, he when he when he gets to the level that he can play at, he's going to be a really good player for them. You can't deny that whether you like him or not, you can't deny that. So, uh, I would say, uh, better than expected for me simply based on the fact that he hadn't played or he had only played five AHL games this year. And I don't think his last one was since december 18th so you, you can't have high expectations even though he's a talented guy um but there were things that i thought he did really well i thought he was quite good on the four check at times uh i think it was jennifer Botterill, though that she so she. she showed a really bad pack of a whole bunch of bad passes. There are more like hope passes as opposed to just crisp tape to tape passes. And again, I think that's the rush. So once he wears that off and that could be, you know, I personally think it'll be around 10 games until we start to see glimpses of who he's really going to be for the Oilers. But nonetheless, uh, he will help. And uh, he is a talented guy. He can do a lot of things.
1: Well, yeah, he can, and he got uh, he got the goal there early in the first period, which I'm sure felt good uh, Saturday night against Montreal to yeah. get that, that very uh, first one for sure. Uh, Kelly, uh, just quickly here before we wrap up, uh, halfway point, I'll just kind of group the two Alberta teams together and just give you kind of a minute here. Um, encouraged by where they're at? Uh, or, or let me put it this way, what, what do you want to see from each team in the second half, Edmonton and Calgary, that maybe we didn't see enough of in the first half?
0: I think if I had to just put my finger on one thing, it'd be more consistency. Now, I want to preface that by saying, what created their inconsistent play? And I do believe my theory has something to do with it, and I think it was COVID, uh, that when all these teams had COVID run through their dressing room, in Calgary had it maybe one of the worst of all, that... It sapped them. Daryl Sutter is on record many times as saying the guy that took it the most was Lindholm on his team, and he's still... Uh, feeling the effects. I'm sure the Oilers have a couple, three, four guys just like that where, and and I can speak to it, I tested positive for COVID just over four weeks ago, maybe five, and Reed, I'm still feeling some effects with my breathing. And, and so I can't imagine being a, a high-level athlete uh, trying to get the most out of myself when I'm struggling to get the breaths that I used to have. So that's what I would say, though, consistency so they both don't go through stretches where they really had a hard time winning and that that really speaks to both Edmonton and Calgary where they had stretches where they weren't getting very many wins and it was a, an important time of the season not to lose ground
1: yeah okay Kelly always appreciate it buddy have a good rest of the week and we'll do this again next week things are getting busy after the all-star break you got it sounds
0: good Reed. take care of my friend
1: Yeah, good stuff there from Kelly Rudy. Really broke down that Ottawa overtime goal last night and how goaltenders are playing shots like those. And as Kelly said, he doesn't always agree with their approach to them. Kelly powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Oilers getting ready to take on the Capitals. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brady has retired. We'll dive into that later on tonight as well. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat. As you heard Jack Michaels talking about earlier, Mike Smith uh, likely going to return after the All-Star break, uh, maybe backing up tomorrow when the Oilers take on the Washington Capitals. Early goals have been exchanged in Dallas. Trevor Lewis for the Flames, Joel Hanley for the Stars. It's already 1-1 about eight minutes into the first period. Story to keep an eye on here out of the National Football League. Fired Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores, suing the NFL, and three teams, those teams being the Dolphins, Broncos, and the Giants, he is alleging racist hiring practices by the league, have left it racially segregated and managed like a plantation. Uh, Flores fired last month by Miami after leading the Dolphins to a 24-25 record over three years. They did go 9-8 and eight in their second straight winning season this year, but didn't make the playoffs So uh, this is something to keep an eye on here. He's uh, said that while he's with the Dolphins, the owner of the team was offering him incentives to purposely lose games shortly after he was hired in 2019. Uh, Allegedly, the owner of the Dolphins offering Flores $100,000 for every loss that season, a bunch of other allegations as well. So this is definitely a story to uh, watch for here. It is uh, Brian Flores, former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, with a lawsuit against the National Football League and three of its teams. Of course, also very significant from the NFL today, Tom Brady, retiring. We'll talk with Blake Dermott next. 630 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.